From the Ohio News Network, this is Ohio Sports Magazine. Now here's your host, Matt Andrews. Greetings and welcome to this week's Ohio Sports Magazine here on the Ohio News Network. College basketball season as we hit the month of November in full effect and well underway now. And we're going to keep it in-house. The guy you usually hear later on our show and is in charge of putting our show together statewide each week, Colin Berenger, our producer. CB, how are you? And thanks for your basketball insight knowledge. Matt, I'm doing very well. It's uh, very exciting that the season is just around the corner here, and it's going to be starting up here in the, in the next week uh, for a lot of teams around the state. I, I can't wait. It's it's nice to get this blend of football season, basketball season, all of these different sports right here in the middle of fall. What folks may not understand, you have a podcast that you and one of our hosts here at our flagship, Tim Hall, will do, Mad About Hoops. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that and how to find it? Yeah, so we are planning to start this up with the season starting uh, the second week, the technically second week of November. And basically, we'll go each week, typically middle of the week, we'll record a review slash preview for the next weekend podcast about the sport. Maybe get a little bit of a deeper insight to the mid-majors. We typically love to talk about them because we don't think they get enough exposure nationwide. So we'll talk about those small schools. We'll obviously talk about the big boys that are at the top of the polls. And as we get closer to tournament time with both the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament, we'll kind of throw in some special shows with different angles that kind of give people an idea of what to expect once we get to the big dance. Colin, why are you? You're a diehard college hoops fan. Tim is as well. <laughs> But you're yeah. a diehard. Where does the love come from from college hoops for you? You know, it, I think it starts when you're young. And it honestly, it, it was a way with the tournament back in the day. It was, a, it was a unique experience where you would be in school as a kid and you would have, you know, maybe your tablet in school and find a way to get onto the ESPN app to see what the scores are or just live sports during the middle of the day was always kind of intriguing to me. And that kind of built my interest into the sport on top of being... Uh, someone connected to Butler and also Ohio State. Two programs at the time when I was a kid had some pretty good teams. I mean, when I was in middle school, it was Greg, Greg Oden and Mike Conley, DeKalon Cook. And with Butler, it was the back-to-back appearances in the national title game. Like, it's, it was just a really good opportunity when I was young. Ever since, I've been addicted to it. Fans will be glad to know you've got a Butler Bulldog basketball sweatshirt on as we freeze here in the studio at our flagship. But nonetheless... What are the expectations? Let's start let's start locally. We'll get statewide here in a bit and regional Big Ten and on to the nation. What are your expectations for a Buckeye team under Chris Holman, who's in his seventh year, frankly, that has not been able to capture a championship of any sort just yet? And I know that's the big hope right now for Buckeye fans. Absolutely. I, I think your expectation going into this season, if you're a Buckeye fan, is they got to be at least top six in the league. I, I think that's a pretty acceptable understanding at this point, especially with the talent they brought in. And I, I'm really intrigued to see if they can improve defensively, which has been an issue the previous six years that could really elevate them into the top five, top four, you name it. Uh, I personally think this is just a year where it's, it's kind of a prove-it year for the, the production. There's The recruiting's been great, don't get me wrong, but it's time to start seeing some production on the court to show that you can get into the top four, top three, and really contend to make a run when it comes March time. So I think that's just what we need to see, and I think they have a good group of guys that can really make that run both offensively and defensively. You were over at the University of Dayton, and we'll get more to that scrimmage in a bit, and we'll talk a little bit about the Flyers. But I was pleasantly surprised at how well Ohio State looked in that scrimmage. What were some of the takeaways 
from the only open scrimmage or exhibition they had. They've had a closed one as well. But what did you take from that over at UD? Yeah, it's interesting because you can only take so much with how they were doing it. And what I mean by that is you weren't seeing the full rotations that you were expecting. Maybe some guys playing more minutes than you expected. Others playing not as much as you would probably expect come first game versus Oakland. But what I was really intrigued by was the stout defensive play by some of the new guys, especially uh, the transfer from Baylor, Dale Bonner, and what he provided uh, in the interceptions on passes. Uh, the new freshman, Scotty Middleton, also making big plays in the passing lanes. That was really what I was looking for, is how is the perimeter defense going to look against this Dayton team that can really shoot it from three? And we saw that Dayton got their shots with Enoch Cheeks, uh, Kobe Bray, and whatnot, and you, you tip their cap to them when they get those. But at the same time, I wanted to see consistently, were they... Cl- clearing out and boxing out those three-point shots and really providing strong defense against those guys. And as the game went on, it got better and better. But I really wanted to see, I know they have offense, but can they provide a defensive prowess to really compete this year? And that seems to be the storyline you hear Coach Holman talking most about preseason with his interview options, the defense. I mean, he I think he feels like his team can score, and he understands his offensive production coming back, I think. But defensively, that's got to be the biggest step for this team. Fair? Uh, absolutely. And especially the funny thing about it is if you looked metrically, when the addition of Jamison Battle happened from Minnesota, you were very excited. He could not, maybe not exactly replace uh, what you lost from last year, but just getting Battle in there and being a, a key guy from shooting from three is great. But the concern was is that analytically, I think he was the worst starting player in the Power 5 or Power 6 conferences in terms of defensive efficiency. So that kind of concerned you if he's going to be playing 35-plus minutes. But what I saw from that game in Dayton, he's going to hold his own. Uh, He's going to face those guys that are probably playing the stretch 3, stretch 4 area. So that'll that'll be nice to see. But it's just going to be interesting to see early on in the season how... Holtman manages the rotation between Zed Key and Felix Akpara because defensively, you're probably going to want Akpara out there more often, but I think with the way that Key can demand the post on the offensive end, it's a skill for him. So we're going to have to see how he manages that. We'll have more with Colin Berenger, our producer, and also basketball extraordinaire. Mad About Hoops is the podcast. We'll continue with more here on the Ohio Sports Magazine in just a moment on the Ohio News Network. Morning juice. We have to teach the offensive guys how to fumble recovery. You don't just dive and belly flop on the ball. Slide to the side. You scoop it in with your arms. You pull your knees up. Needle position. Morning juice. Sponsored by Affinity Whole Health. Weekday mornings at 6. The fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Colin Berenger is our guest on this week's Ohio Sports Magazine with Matt About Hoops. He's also the producer of our show, and we're talking college basketball. We're talking Buckeyes. We'll we'll stay in state. A few more on Ohio State here, Colin. The most you, you've talked about the newcomers they have, and it's a roster with some significant newcomers. Who's the most important newbie on this team? Well, for it, your money. yeah, it depends on if you want to split it between transfers and freshmen, because I think there's probably a clear one for each of them. What do you have there? So freshman, I think it's got to be Scott, Scotty Middleton. I mean, that's a guy we've been hearing about all offseason in terms of his contributions to the court. And honestly, that was a guy I wasn't nearly expecting to be the one right away. So it's it was kind of interesting to hear that. And then once you saw it, you could understand why in that Dayton game. Like I said, defensively, he is very stout. And I, I want to see how his offensive game trans forms as he gets older and gets used to the game 
in terms of transfers, you could probably go with Dale Bonner, but I think just offensively, the st- stability that Jamison Battle is going to give you night in and night out, he's probably going to be the guy there. Yeah, his ability to step out. I, I was shocked. I remember him playing in this league. I couldn't believe how smooth he looked on the offensive side. But as you said, the book on him is defensive improvement, right? Absolutely. But I, I think last year we kind of lost that sense with him because he started the season with some injury stuff, didn't play right away, and then took him a while to get into the flow of the game last year with Minnesota. So I think with him having a fresh offseason, getting ready for the Buckeyes this year, I, I think he's got a really good opportunity to be that lead guy scoring 15, 16 points a night. What do you see from Devin Roy? Mr. Basketball in the state last season. I, I think he can provide some good minutes off the bench for this team. I don't know if it's going to be right away in terms of a key contributor. Uh, it looks like you just kind of like a freshman that's trying to get used to the game of the college game versus the high school slash AAU basketball. So it'll be interesting to see how much he provides right away, but I would think it's going to take some time. Most important returnee for Ohio State. I think you got to go with Bruce Thornton, the point guard. I mean, especially in basketball, Tim and I always mention, if you don't have a point guard that can really command the game, you set yourself back in terms of trying to make a run come February and March. So it's really important to have a guy there that could probably get you about 13 to 15 points per game, really solid with a low turnover uh, percentage, and a guy that's going to make smart decisions and get the ball to his guys that can score. Enough about the Buckeyes. You were at UD Arena, as mentioned, in that Ohio State eight-point exhibition win a couple of Sundays ago when the Buckeyes beat the Flyers. Sellout crowd, UD Arena. Packed house. It was incredible. You were there as a working medium member. What do you take from that tradition, those fans, and what kind of basketball UD can expect this season? That's a really great question because the, the passion's always there with that team and that program and that fan base. I kind of bought into it, frankly. Yeah, it's, it's great. I've been there before for a game, but it was incredible. Yeah, I'm actually ashamed to admit that was probably my first time ever being there and being there for a Dayton game. And it was everything you could imagine, even for an exhibition. It was a great crowd. They were really, really into it. But even on the court, I think we're seeing what's really going to be the difference maker for that team is getting the three-point shooting slash guard play from Kobe Brea and Malachi Smith and then having that all-American caliber center with Deron Holmes. Now, he only played a little bit less than half of that game. Again, rotations weren't necessarily consistent, but you saw what they have in the possibility of having strong guard play uh, with the ad- addition of Enoch Cheeks to to that group. I think they can be a team that you would expect to probably run the A-10. It's not a very strong A-10 going into the year from most people's expectations. So you think they should be able to run that conference and also, I mean, I wouldn't expect any more than four or five losses from that team if they play to their capabilities. And you've got to be impressed with head coach Anthony Grant, right? I mean, what what a moment for that family to have that fundraiser to help support mental health awareness. And and just seems to be a class guy and a class act. And he runs a good program. Very, very impressed with the Flyers, at least from this perspective. What about... Xavier and Cincinnati. So let's head south a little bit and look at what you got down there in the Crosstown shootout. Yeah, so since Cincinnati might have a tougher year, just the transition to the Big 12. It's uh, They were okay in their final season in the American, but I don't know if I have as high expectations in their first year with the Big 12, which is understandable. It's still Wes Miller's still trying to build his program up there in his first couple of years with the team. Xavier's kind of interesting because they've got some guys returning. Uh, but they're currently a little bit injured. Uh, Jerome Hunter, the transfer from Indiana, who 
kind of emerged late in the year when he was called upon for Xavier. And then also Zach Fremantle, who's been there, it seems like, forever. And when he plays, he's about a 15, 16-point-per-game guy, really dependable. But injuries have been a big thing for his career. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that works. Now, the guard play is going to be a focus. Uh, they le- they lose a couple of guys that were really important, Sule Boom and Kobe Jones. So they have to replace those guys with some transfers. They got a couple guys from the Conference USA level, similarly to what Boom was from when he came from UTEP. So uh, I, I know Miller's going to have a really good opportunity to replace with some transfers, but you don't know how those guys are going to mesh right away. Uh, he hit he hit a gold mine with it last year. We'll see if he does it this year. Got a few more minutes with our producer, Colin Berenger, talking basketball. He helps co-star in Mad About Hoops. You can check out that podcast wherever you get yours. We'll finish up this week's interview with our producer, Colin Berenger, where we continue on the Ohio Sports Magazine here on the Ohio News Network. Betting happens as fast as sports. And now every play is faster than ever before. You're on the edge of your seat until the moment when it's all on the line, which is why it's important to pause before you play. Sports are fast. Betting shouldn't be. So remember to set limits, know the risks, and pause before you play. To learn more, visit pausebeforeyouplay.org. Do you want a job that is flexible, secure, and fun? It also offers excellent pay and is ranked as one of the best jobs in America, too. I'm talking about being a dental hygienist. And all you have to do is complete a two-year program after high school. Visit ODA.org to learn more and to start helping people love their smile. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental Association. Hello, it's John Kozik, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty, and I buy houses as is fast for cash. Call me today for an all-cash offer on any of your properties, and we can close within days at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. Do you own a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. Give us a call today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000, 614 614- for Would it be convenient for you if you could simply take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. I buy vacant properties, inherited homes, divorce situations, death in the family, apartment buildings, rental portfolios. I even buy my tenant won't pay me the rent houses. Call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer and speak with one of our friendly staff members at 614 470 614-470-2000. The ONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. ONN affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus has more. Haley Kirby reporting in downtown Toledo. From the State House. Kevin Landers. ONN Canton. ONN affiliate WKYC-TV in Cleveland explains. In Marietta, Brett Wharf, ONN News. Emma Henderson in Genoa. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts from the Ohio News Network. Ohio has over 920,000 diabetics. If you are a diabetic, take a step in the right direction by having your feet checked routinely by a podiatric physician, the most qualified doctors to care for your feet. Adding a podiatrist to your healthcare team can help you better manage the effects of diabetes on your feet. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state. 
For more information or to find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. The Fan. The Fan. Ohio Sports Destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Colin Berenger is our guest on this week's Ohio Sports Magazine. He's the producer of our show, but he's also a basketball junkie, and he helps co-star, co-host the Mad About Hoops with Tim Hall wherever you can get your podcast. We're talking about Buckeye State basketball. We've hit on UC, we've hit on Dayton, we've hit on Xavier and Ohio State. The Mid-American Conference, Colin, there have been some... Uh, teams not quite maybe going into this year as highly processed and perceived as others. What is your take on the Mid-American this season? Yeah, so the Mid-American Conference is kind of going through a change. And what I mean by that is some of the guys you were used to seeing, especially with, for the top two teams in, in Kent State and Toledo, there's a lot of change. Sincere Curry is no longer uh, playing college basketball. JT Shoemate, Centric Miller, they're both gone from Toledo. So it's going to be a brand new look for a lot of these teams. And you really don't know what to expect. Ohio should improve. They were about a 500 team last year in a down year. I expect them to probably be top five in the MAC. And in terms of Ohio teams to really compete for the MAC title, it's probably going to be Gross's team up there at Akron. Now, they, they've got a returnee from their original team a couple of years ago in Ali Ali. He originally transferred to Butler last year had some health issues, whatnot, didn't play a whole lot last year, is coming back to lead this Zips team again. I think they're probably a lock for a top three finish in the MAC. It's just whether they have the pieces that are going to emerge this year to kind of supplement that. The changing of all the league structure, I think, mostly affects football, but there is some, as you mentioned with Cincinnati, a little bit of change there, and them certainly going to the Big 12. Have you seen much effect on that regarding the mid-majors, the smaller conferences? Not necessarily that. I mean, really what you see with these conferences like the MAC is just the transfers yeah, yeah, and whatnot. And yeah. Especially the past couple of years, there's been some teams that have really been hit hard. Uh, Toledo, going into this year, was a team that was hit hard by transfers heading out to go into Power 5, Power 6 programs. Uh, that's really the only time you see that. I, I really couldn't say that the realignments affected them much because they haven't been losing teams or gaining teams. You mentioned the Butler Bulldogs. You have a, a soft spot for them. What does that modest team bring back this season? That modest team is really in an interesting spot because I, I don't know if they really gained enough to push them into the top half. Big of East. the Big East, yep. um, but they're kind of in that range where they're going to be sitting around where Seton Hall or uh, DePaul, hopefully not down to where Georgetown's been, but I think maybe ex- expectation would be in like that 6 to 10 range of the, of the Big East, but right now it's kind of a wait and see. It honestly feels like a lot of these Mac schools where they have a lot of mainstays, but maybe not some big key names coming in. Can they just improve that depth and maybe develop the guys they already had in the system? Bigger picture, what do you see regionally within the Big Ten? Who's? I mean, I know Indiana's recruiting the heck out of it right now, but what do you see in terms of the immediacy in, in that conference this year? The Big Ten's going to be strong, and the, the Big Ten benefited from a lot of guys coming are back. Are they, or are people just <laughs> telling me they are going to be? Because you hear it every year, and by March, they're all on their backside. It's No, it's a fair question, because it's I, I really can't explain why these teams don't show up in the tournament, other than maybe they're just beating each other up when it comes to January, February, and early March. But uh, no, in terms of 
old talent, and Tim and I hammer this hard, when you have old guards and old talent, that usually wins in college basketball. So the formula is there for the Big Ten. Illinois has got Terrence Shannon Jr. back. Michigan State's got A.J. Hoggard and Tyson Walker that are going to lead that team. Uh, I'm not sure what the guard play is going to be like for Purdue. That was a question at times last year for them. Will Braden Smith step up and be more dependable in terms of on-ball control. Will Zach E leave, leave the paint? <laughs> Will he leave the paint? Or is it going to be three to five seconds in there? You know, we joke about that, but I mean, that, I was, such a, that was such <laughs> a strong topic last year that they just never called it on him. But you know what? It came back to bite him when it came to Fairleigh Dickinson. Fair point, if you will excuse the pun. You're, you're really passionate about this. Tim and you do a great job. Mad about hoops. Again, how can you just simply can look wherever you get your podcast, right? Yeah, wherever you get your podcast. I, I don't know if this is official yet, but I do know we're trying to find ways to maybe get some video incorporated into it too at some point. Maybe maybe like YouTube or something. But for now, you can find your our podcast anywhere you get your own podcast. Google Play, Spotify, Apple, you name it. Well, thanks for everything you do for this show, for our Buckeye Football Network broadcast. You're the engineer of that. Uh, you you have so many hats that you wear here. Let me leave you with a, a basketball final question. When you look and enjoy these preseason events that go on in the next month, is there a favorite tournament that you will focus in on? Is there somewhere you've been or want to be? Do you want to go to Alaska, Hawaii? We all want to go to Hawaii. Last year was a treat. I was about to say, it feels like the cop-out answer is is Hawaii and Maui. But I mean, just th- think about it. You're in a great place, and Matt, you can speak to that. Guilty. <laughs> but just the week that it centers around, that Thanksgiving week, you're around the family getting ready for the holiday weekend, and it happens those first couple of days leading into that Thursday for Thanksgiving. I don't think you could make a better early season tournament than that. So that's the easy answer. Uh, I know there's some like Cayman Islands tournaments and whatnot. Those are all fun. The uh, Bahamas, right? Bahamas, that's correct. I, the old great Alaskan shootout back in the day that Ron talks about. Uh, just a lot of great opportunities. And honestly, I'm going to watch all of them. If you have an ES- ESPN Plus subscription or any of these low-level like TV s- subscriptions, you can watch all of these tournaments, and it's great. Thanks for all you do. You got it, Matt. Colin Berenger, our producer. We'll have more of the Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Join us for Gambling Things, Fantasy Sports, Gambling Things, and most importantly, Gambling Things. Hollywood Casinos on the Money, Sunday morning at 9. Presented by Ohio for Responsible Gambling. The Fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. Now let's check in on Cleveland. Eric Reeser joins us from the Ohio News Network. Talking with Chris Manning. He's the host of the Locked On Cavaliers and the Just Basketball podcast. You can read his words on the Cavs at fearthesword.com. Chris, Cavaliers are two and three through five games. What can you say to fans of this team, maybe the ones speaking to you now, who are feeling just a tad nervous at their start, especially the 0-3 market home? I think if you look at the the injuries of this team, I think that's the biggest issue, right? Like, I think you no know, Darius Garland drastically changes the way they play, as good as Evan Mobley can be and has shown at times to be this year, they miss Jared Allen. Um, they've, they've just, you can tell that I think they miss a real backup point guard in certain spots, to be frank. So I think the injuries, I think new play style, I think 
all of that has contributed to a slow start, but it, it's injuries. I mean, I think the win against the Knicks in New York took some of the pressure off what's going on here a little bit to me, but certainly I think everything feels a little bit on pause just because you have a lot of injuries, but especially two key guys so early in the season. Yeah, let's talk about uh, those two key guys. Darius Garland, haven't seen him since opening night. Uh, what do you know about the severity of that hamstring, and when do you think fans should expect to see him on the court? It's tricky to say. I don't think they've given a real timeline as of yet. I think hamstrings are one of those injuries to me where I, I read hamstring and I get a little, you know, not my stomach about just the health of a player because they can't take time to heal. They can't take a lot of time to get right, and it's really early in the year. Donovan Mitchell, you know, has had a little hamstring thing as well that he's played through, so I don't think it's quite as bad as Garland's, but, you know, I, I think you would think sooner rather than later for Garland, but they haven't really given an official timeline, and that would lead you to think they're still working through some things about his, about his return to the court. Chris, and similarly with Jared Allen's ankle injury, Cavs fans haven't been able to see Allen on the court at all this season. Is there a reason for no specific timetable to kind of wait and see where the Cavs are schedule-wise before pushing him back out onto the court where they feel it's so early in the season, we've got some time to see how everybody else plays before looking at Jared and looking at Darius and saying, okay, are you guys good to go on X night? I think it's a little bit of column A, column B, just because the NBA season is really long. You have to treat it as a marathon. You can't come out of the gate pushing full go, right? Like if you have a little injury right now and you maybe could play through it in April, that's a different question in April because the games matter more when the playoffs start or even in March when you're pushing towards the playoffs than they do right now when the season just started and football's still on, right? Like, so there's, there, there's a little bit of give and take there, but I also think you have to, you have to do take the long view and think about what's coming and what's not. You're in a world where I don't think Cleveland's on the level of the two top teams in the East, but they, I think, have to try and push for the three seed and, and make the top season comfortable. They're going to be competing against the Knicks, the 76ers. Like, they're, they're going to be in a battle to get the best seed possible, and their best chance of success is to win as many regular season games as possible. So I think there's a real challenge there in, in balancing the long-term health, but also understanding that you have to win some games. And, and they're, they have a West Coast road trip coming up next week. So they're already in to some difficult parts of the schedule and how they navigate that. It, it's not going to decide the whole season, but how they perform during these stretches is going to have an impact on where their seating might be come the end of the year. Talking with Chris Manning, he's the host of the Locked On Cavaliers and the Just Basketball podcasts. Download, subscribe, listen to those podcasts wherever it is. You do your fine podcasting. Also read his words on the Cavaliers at fearthesword.com. Chris, you talk about the New York Knicks and a pair of games, a back-to-back earlier this week where the Cavs lost the one at home and then the Cavs went to Madison Square Garden and got the win in a very ugly defensive struggle. Did you make more or less of any of those two games or what is it with this New York Knicks team that gives the Cavs struggles going back to last season? I, I think I look at this and I start with Evan Mobley a little bit because I think you look at him and I think you look at how he's really struggling in these matchups. I think as much, he did some amazing things defensively, particularly in the game in New York. But offensively, he has struggled. And I think they lack a really easy button on offense against this team for whatever reason. Garland being back certainly would help. Garland being around certainly would alleviate some of that. But we obviously saw in the playoffs that didn't solve everything. But I think they need more from Mobley. I think there's a real physicality advantage for the Knicks. That team is just well-coached, it's well-disciplined, and they had a real specific game plan to go at Cleveland, and they picked at them in, in certain spots in, in a way that I think really put the Cavs on their heels a little bit. So it's 
it's just a physicality thing, I think, more than anything else. And they have the bodies to really try to throw at the Cavs guards. Even if Cleveland, you know, can throw Coro on Brunson, the Knicks just have more bodies and all these big wings to really throw at Cleveland's guards and make their, make their life hard. So it's a really roster construction kind of difference between these two teams. Chris, it was a very interesting uh, post-game scene in the Halloween night game against the New York Knicks in Cleveland. Um, Jimmy Bickerstaff talked about getting Evan Mobley more shot attempts as the season goes on. Do you think that's the right strategy to try to get Mobley, I guess, quote-unquote, going? And if that's the case, who do the shot attempts have to come from? You know, I think it would kind of pull from everybody a little bit. I think Garland, Mitchell... Drews, who's been awesome to start, we should say, Levert, like Allen, too. I mean, I think we saw this a little bit last year, but I think with Mobley, it's kind of time to start figuring out what he's going to be on offense. He has been, you know, by me and by people with much bigger platforms than me, like a very hailed as this really special prospect. I thought he should have won Rookie of the Year. This is someone who, though, I think has really stagnated offense to some degree. It has not been the easiest path for him on offense and that leaves you wondering what his ceiling is a little bit and I think you're trying to figure out if you're Cleveland a little bit what is his ceiling and get more out of him have an easy button for him whether it's from passing whether it's from finishing ideally from both but I think they're trying to figure out what Mobley is on offense a little bit during in kind of saying that they're not maybe going to come out and say that they were very positive you know about his performance against Indiana for instance on the offensive end but it's not consistent and it's not all the way there yet and I think you're seeing, you know, as we saw against the Knicks, some, some of the issues he's still kind of having from a physical standpoint. But I think this is not so much about just taking shots to feed him. It's about learning what he is going to be on the offensive end. And it's very early, but uh, what returns have you seen from the addition of Max Struess that you've liked? I love two things in particular. Number one, that guy is just cool and calm and competitive. He is just very wired in a way where you could see like why he was loved in Miami and, and what he can bring to a playoff-caliber team. I've been really impressed. And secondly, he's done a really good job on the glass. Cleveland has not been a good rebounding team the last couple of years, even with playing two bigs a lot of the time. Bruce has not even statistically for his career been a great rebounder. Chris Manning, my guest. He's the host of the Locked On Cavaliers and the Just Basketball podcast. Download, subscribe, listen to those podcasts, whatever it is you do your fine podcast, podcasting, and then read his words on the Cavaliers at fearthesword.com. Chris, thanks so much for the time today, bud. Hey, anytime. Thanks, Eric. Up next, we head south here in the Buckeye State. Paul Keels checks in on Cincinnati right here on the Ohio News Network. Calling all crew fans. Join us every week for Inside the Crew. It's a show about soccer. Tuesday night at 9. Sponsored by Coda, a trusted mobility sponsor of the Columbus Crew. Your flagship home for the Columbus Crew, the fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. Now let's go to Paul Keels on the Ohio Sports Magazine, checking in on Cincinnati. It's our pleasure to talk with James Rapine from the Locked on Bengals podcast this after Cincinnati's win in San Francisco over the weekend. James, just your thoughts on the Bengals winning at a place where it's been tough for the 49ers to lose. Heck of a win. Uh, Obviously the best they've played all season long. And to go there and play a, a 49ers team that was I don't want to say desperate, but they lose two on the road and, and to send them into the bye week on three straight losses. I mean, there was plenty of motivation for the 49ers to come into that game and, and kind of exert their dominance. And it, it was the opposite. The Bengals started fast, which was important and, and is important. We've seen over the past couple of years, 
and, and they didn't let up. So I, I think it was obviously their best win of the season and one of those season-changing type wins that we could look back on in a, a month or two and say that's when it all clicked. That's when they put it together. Despite the health aspect, how would you, or outside of the health aspect, I should say, how would you go about describing Joe Burrow's game, James? I think this was the the Joe Burrow we've come to expect, where he's so accurate that at, at times you just you're you're shocked by how well he's able to place the ball on the sidelines to Jamar Chase on third and long where there's really no margin for error. And he puts it with a pinpoint pinpoint precision uh, with chase between the numbers or his his ability to move. And I I think that's the the part that you almost forget about is how his legs impact everything. And the the third and 10 play on their first drive where he, he breaks a tackle and then he shoves Nick Bosa off of him and he, he scrambles to his right and finds T Higgins with a perfect pass. Like that is what Joe Burrow brings to the table when he's healthy. So it was a heck of a performance and one of the better performances I would say of his career. You know, James, while watching the game and I saw that first completion to T Higgins just had the feeling it's great that it's not just Jamar Chase that's handling the pass catching load. That's what they need. They, they need T they need Tyler Boyd who obviously caught the, the first touchdown pass they need other guys besides Jamar uh, to make plays. And we've seen that throughout the, the past two years during this run. And Sunday, they obviously had that. And that's a key going forward because teams opposing defenses, the Bills, for example, are going to look at Jamar Chase and say, we have to stop him and slow him down. And that's going to be priority one, two, and three. Well, if they have to worry about T and Joe Mixon out of the backfield and uh, Andre Yosevash in the red zone, apparently, with back-to-back touchdowns in, in consecutive games. It's, uh, it, it is nice when you have multiple weapons, and, and those guys have stepped up, or at least did step up on Sunday. It's just one game, James, but was this a great showing for the offensive line? It was. There's no doubt about it. I, I mentioned the pressure on the 49ers. Uh, I spent a few days in the Bay Area, and local radio was very critical of, of the 49ers' defensive front. And obviously... Uh, after the Bengals kind of handled their own and, and kept Joe Burrow upright enough and open up holes for, for Joe Mixon were pretty dominant, I would say, in that game, they go out and they get Chase Young. And so I think that's where the 49ers, they looked at it and they said, let's add to a strength. But yeah, this Bengals offensive front, I, I think they're pretty good. And hopefully this is a, a reminder that these aren't the, the offensive lines that we've seen in past seasons. These guys are talented. And I think this is the best offensive line Joe Burrow has had in the NFL. Are James, in your mind, are we getting accustomed to the fact that when there's a big interception in a big game, it's either Logan Wilson or Jermaine Pratt? <laughs> <laughs> Those guys, it's it's unbelievable how many plays they make. And, you know, in a game on the line, or it, it felt like after outplaying the 49ers for nearly three quarters, they could be tied, and Jermaine Pratt just finds a way to make a play. And it turns the tide completely. And obviously Logan Wilson had the interception on the, the very next offensive play for the 49ers that, that's put the Bengals on the driver's seat uh, in the fourth quarter. So th- those two guys, it, it's the best linebacker tandem that the Bengals have had in my lifetime. I, I think that's fair to say. And they've had some good ones over the years. Takeo Spike certainly comes to mind. Brian Simmons, obviously Vontez Burfecht was a good linebacker for multiple years. But these two guys, 
it's a heck of a tandem. Some of us go back to Bill Berge and Al Beauchamp. But nevertheless, um, update. Uh, <laughs> the current Big Ten championship odds on Michigan, the favorite at minus 105, Ohio State plus 160. This weekend in the Big Ten, a lot of road favorites. Oh, Ohio Gary, State I, is an 18-and-a-half-point favorite the, over the Rutgers. Nebraska is a field goal favorite over Michigan State on the road. Wisconsin is giving 9-and-a-half at Indiana. Penn State's an 8-point favorite at Maryland. The Cheaters are at home giving 32-and-a-half to Purdue. For your action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Two great quarterbacks. And, and two teams that hopefully uh, are alive and, and maybe even playing each other again this January. Sounds good. James Rapine from the Locked on Bengals podcast. We enjoy the podcast and we always appreciate your time, James. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Paul. We'll have more of the Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Are you starting to question your gambling or the actions of someone you love? It may be time to talk to someone who understands. Call the Problem Gambling Helpline today and talk to a trained specialist. There's no judgment and no commitment. Plus, it's completely free and confidential. We're here for you. You are not alone. And remember, we all have the power to change with the Problem Gambling Helpline of Ohio. Make the call today. Call the Problem Gambling Helpline of Ohio at 1-800-589-9966. Ohio has over 920,000 diabetics. If you are a diabetic, take a step in the right direction by having your feet checked routinely by a podiatric physician, the most qualified doctors to care for your feet. Adding a podiatrist to your health care team can help you better manage the effects of diabetes on your feet. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state. For more information or to find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. The ONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. Our one affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus has more. Haley Kirby reporting in downtown Toledo. From the State House, Kevin Landers. ONN Canton. ONN affiliate WKYC-TV in Cleveland explains. In Marietta, Brett Wharf, ONN News. Emma Henderson in Genoa. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts from the Ohio News Network. November is an ideal month to plant trees in Ohio because the soil is still warm, which reduces the transplant stress. Plus, trees require less water in November than in the heat of the summer, allowing roots to grow in the cooler temperatures. When planting trees, keep these tips in mind. Select trees that are zone-hardy for where you plan to plant. Avoid planting trees that produce slip hazards, like fruits and nuts close to sidewalks. And don't plant large trees near or under utility lines. To learn more about the November tree planting, contact an ISA-certified arborist near you by going to trees4ohio.org. That's trees4ohio.org. Do you want a job that is flexible, secure, and fun? It also offers excellent pay and is ranked as one of the best jobs in America, too. I'm talking about being a dental hygienist. And all you have to do is complete a two-year program after high school. Visit ODA.org to learn more and to start helping people love their smile. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental Association. Do you or any of your family members, neighbors, or friends own a property that you just want to be done with it? If so, call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000. 614-470-2000. Would it be convenient for you to take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. Call 614-470-2000. That's 614-470-2000. The fan, the fan, the fan, Ohio sports destination. 
Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. It's the ultimate Cleveland sports show. And let's check in with our producer, Colin Berenger. Thanks, Matt. This week on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, the guys discuss the Browns' trade of wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones to the Lions and discuss how it might impact the roster going forward. Yeah, we do have to discuss, though, the one move the Browns did make, and yeah. that was sending DPJ to <coughs> Detroit for a 2025 sixth-round pick in yeah. return. That's a key pick. Be- I mean, boy, yeah. huge, <laughs> huge <laughs> pick. Bull hates the whole thing. Um, I personally think the Browns did him a solid. Well, I don't, I, well, I'm not in this business to do solids, okay? I'm in the business to win football games. Yeah, you ain't even you ain't paying them and you ain't utilizing them. Well, they are utilizing them. They're just not getting the ball because they have terrible quarterback play. That's part of it. Some when of it's the, on him. Even when Deshaun was in, he wasn't getting the, the ball. Bra- before the G, before the show, I said the Browns are a worse roster today. I listen. Yeah, G, yeah, yeah. Is DPJ a big deal? Ask, I'm big ask deal. the question to G. Are, do the Browns have a worse roster today than they did yesterday? Slightly yes. Of course. Slightly Thank you. yes. Y'all Thank are you. sick. And Earl and Tyvis completely it's the out of pocket. I said it's the same. No different. I said it's the same. Why? Why isn't it? He he was starting for you. So? You didn't use him. So if he was starting for you, that means somebody below him went better than him. Is that the case? Or was they trying to make sure he got in there to utilize him to get his trade value to go up? Because what they trade value? They weren't gonna, he wasn't going to ever be traded I mean, for anything. You know how this thing uh, is. I Strategically, mean, I got to put him out there because if he makes some plays, that's good because now his stock Donovan goes Peoples up. Donovan Peoples-Jones never going to be traded for anything special. Tybus, did his game against Seattle, you that, can see his stats on the screen. Did that help or hurt his trade value? Yeah, I mean, the come game, on. The game before that, he had a game. The Browns have had, listen, Donovan Peoples. Who is the only – Who is – who? Donovan Peoples-Jones had how many yards last year? 800-something? Yes. Last season, 839 yards. Anybody else on this team have 800 yards in a season besides Mark Cooper recently? No. 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 Yeah. So you could say he's played, his production has been weighed down. Okay. But he's played 80% of the snaps. He's 80%. Two, to say they're not any worse, nobody said they're significantly Listen, worse, but Cedric, they're slightly worse. Cedric Tillman has been inactive for two weeks well, what does that say about him? Listen, hold on, listen. <laughs> Cedric Tillman been yeah. active for two weeks. Him and DPJ's production has been the exact same in two weeks. All right. What was the difference? So my thing is, so that was... So what, so, okay, so you traded away a guy who plays 80%, but his production is the same as a guy who's been inactive for two weeks, you're but I can get a pick for him. Why would I? His Why whole, wouldn't I? His, a pick. Why wouldn't a, I? An undrafted free I'm not going to pay him. Why wouldn't I? An undrafted free agent is probably just as likely to make a team as a late sixth-round pick from the, from the Lions. That's, I mean, is there a significant difference that's not there? True. That's not true. I'd like to see the stats on that. <laughs> that's not true, actually. Uh, how many late sixth-round picks are making uh, significant inroads on a team? It, a lot of them make practice it, squad. Look, man, look, you know you know this is tough, man. And, and a lot of people flip-flop on what Andrew Barry does. I mean, he has some head scratchers, though, man. Like, for the for the simple fact of he Donovan people, and I'll give it to him. Do I think he's some great receiver? No, but one of the things you can say is he's dependable. He, the locker room likes him. 
He's a kid that does it right. We're not in here for silence and all of that. Uh, we uh, in here for production uh, on the field. Well, you well, just said I'm, the same thing <laughs> he said you about just, you just, No, you just, oh, well, it, oh, and y'all grilled me for it. So, 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 so why can't I grill right, him? But DPJ in his career. Proving it more than P.J. Walker. DPJ in his career has been a way better wide receiver than P.J. Walker's been a quarterback. Right. I don't know about that. What? <laughs> the that's what asinine and absurd statement, Tyvis. That's crazy. I don't know about that. To catch the full breakdown, just search the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on YouTube, subscribe to their page, and enjoy daily content covering all things Cleveland sports. We'll be back to wrap up this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue on the Ohio News Network. Rise and shine, jabronis. What a show this morning. There's only one place where Buckeye legends lay the smackdown. Morning Juice with Bobby and Beamer. Weekday morning, starting at 6. Give me a juice box, Beyonce. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. That'll put a wrap on this week's Ohio Sports Magazine. Our thanks to my guest this week, our producer, Colin Barringer, as well as our Locked On contributions for this week's show. Now for Paul Keels and Eric Reeser and for Colin Barringer, I'm Matt Andrews. We'll have a new show for you next week right here on the Ohio News Network. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD2.